Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is the human wet blanket, Levin Black. Levin, how are you adjusting to the offseason? I haven't even had time to process it. I've worked every single day since the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I have not adjusted at all. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's the truth. I have not had time. Like, I haven't even been able to, like, fully process the loss. It basically just became, oh, yeah, that happened. I'll forget about it now. Yeah, we're all getting through it together. But it helps that, you know, we're we're searching for a new defensive coordinator. The combine starts next week. We got free agency after that. So there are things coming up to sort of help us move on. I mean, certainly the rest of the league has moved on. You know, it's not as painful for some of those other teams. So they're focused on the offseason. So we can do that. Uh, I want to talk about a tweet about Mike Silver that our tweet from Mike Silver about the D coordinator search that came out. There's a hilarious piece of news that I know you're going to be interested in about the Eagles that I want to run past you uh, and a couple other things. But before we get to that, I always say, if you leave a review, we'll read it on the show. I've gotten a little behind by these. Thank you, everybody that's left a review. You're helping us get our star rating up on Apple pods, which is massive. We are at 4.6 now, which is really hard to get to. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep leaving your reviews. I promise we read them. I read this one from Ryan Penn earlier, Levin. Five stars, great show. Ryan says, I have lived in North Dakota all my life. I know Levin lived in North Dakota for several years. I'm assuming you followed your wife to North Dakota. If not, why move there? Too cold in the winter and too many mosquitoes in the summer. Your thoughts? (laughs) Uh, There's definitely no reason to move there. Um, That's good. I uh, I moved there because I got a job as a newspaper reporter, sports that's reporter. Right. So that's what took me out there. And then I met my wife. I, I met the, and this uh, person that left the review might be the only person that gets this joke. But uh, I, I met the one pretty girl behind a tree in North Dakota. Yep, I, you're right. Yeah, that's a joke in North Dakota. I think I might have told it years ago to you. You did. Yeah, they say that there's a pretty girl behind every tree in North Dakota. And there are no trees in North Dakota. (laughs) Uh, Niners all the way says five stars. You're my favorite deputy. I hope your podcast goes to infinity and beyond. Your coverage has everything a fan needs, including comedic relief from Levin. The variety of shows has something for all fans. Keep up the amazing work. Extra Uh, points for the Toy Story. If if you have not uh, read all the reviews, I kind of read a few of them 
the other day. Uh, I find it funny that it's like a heavy mix of either a Woody joke, a comment of they love that I give you a hard time, or they say, I like Levin, but give it up on the Woody joke. Right. Either like, love it or you hate it. Yeah, it's a it's become a love or hate thing. Uh, Patrick Lucero says, still heartbroken from the game. Feels like my wife left me and kept the dog. I can't get over this. Look, it sucks, man. I'm still watching the highlights. I, was, I rewatched it. It's still painful. Um, but the, you know, the league calendar doesn't stop. So we, we have no choice but to move on because the rest of the NFL is going to move on for us, which, to be honest, at this point, I'm kind of grateful for. Before we get into the meat of the show, which is can the Niners pull off another big splash this offseason, which, spoiler alert, they can. Um, like a, a Sam Darnold signing? Nope. This <laughs> is hilarious. This is about the Philadelphia Eagles. So we all remember what happened with the Eagles and the 49ers and Dom DeSandro, the, the Eagles security chief touching Dre Greenlaw, sparking a situation. He got tossed and ultimately he got suspended for the rest of the season. Well, according to longtime Eagles reporter, Derek Gunn, that broke the Eagles. Essentially. I could not believe this when I read it. You can read the article on pro football talk. Um, according to uh, Gunn again, that Big Dom controls Sirianni's emotions on the sideline and that in his absence, Sirianni got in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games. And we all know how the Eagles finished the season. Ultimately, they got wiped out of the playoffs by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Levin, your response to the idea that basically the 49ers broke the Eagles and that Big Dom not being on the sidelines contributed to their meltdown at the end of the year i think we have a nickname for nick sirianni to go right along with big dom he's big baby <laughs> i mean come like, on what big dom must carry a pacifier around in, in a hoodie or something during the game like seriously if you're a head coach that needs a security guard to keep your emotions in check and reel you in during games so you don't openly argue with your own players you're not mature enough to be <laughs> a coach in the nfl not even a head coach you're not mature enough to be a coach in the nfl i mean what now we know why he was so close to the sideline and so close to the action right because we you and i had been talking about that like what is this guy doing touching the white part of the sideline like he's right there next to seriani and dre greenlaw like what is he doing there He's making sure the head coach doesn't throw a temper tantrum and tick off his own team. I mean, I, I've never met Nick Sirianni. Maybe he's a nice guy in, in person. You know, people do change when they're on like the sideline. They're in the NFL mm -hmm. like atmosphere. So maybe he's a great person. But boy, does he give me vibes of like a spoiled brat uh, person that's just nobody likes to be around. Like the guy that has no <laughs> actual friends. You know what I mean? He just gives off those vibes of somebody that's so full of themselves that has they just can't comprehend that they're not this great everything person. I mean, it's just hilarious. Uh, Tanisha, uh, apologies if I mispronounce your name. I think it's Tanisha says that's some kitty crap. A grown man needs a babysitter. He doesn't need to be a coach in the NFL. I mean, it's it is so so like there's a lot of things you can criticize Kyle Shanahan for. Throwing temper tantrums on the sideline because the chief of security is not there. Oh my goodness. Like, no, that is pathetic. Frankly, I, I might have to steal the line kitty crap. Uh, that's a nice, like PC kind of way of calling it. Did, did you see what Antonio Pierce said that I found more interesting? Yeah. about he wants to basically go to the, the Jordan rules for Patrick Mahomes that basically you, you got to get physical with him and you know, like you got to bring it a, a little extra when you play 15. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's also the Jordan rules also meant, and I think he was hinting at it when he said that on purpose, Jordan rules were also not just that you get physical with them, but that he gets every call. The refs will not be on your side. So you have to do something. And for those that don't remember when Jordan would drive in the lane against the Pistons back in the day in the NBA, they basically would hit him every single time. They were yeah. like, he's going to do it, but we're going to make him pay for it every single time. Um, you know, it'd be interesting. Like 
the general rule with defenses or offenses, really, anytime you're planning on walking right up to that line of the rules, the general kind of fallback position is, well, they're not going to call it every time, right? And officials generally don't. We saw it with the Seahawks, with the Legion of Boom. They would grab the hell out of you. And their philosophy was, yeah, we'll get a couple flags, but more often than not, we won't. So it's going to work. The Chiefs do it every single game with their offensive line. Hey, we're going to hold the <laughs> shit out of you. And they might call it once, and we benefit the other 59 offensive plays. Or if it's a Super Bowl, we won't call it at all in any of their four Super Bowls. No, they'll just call it against their opponents. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely still not over the game. Okay. Anyway, I just thought that was hilarious, and I thought you'd enjoy it because you and I both had such a strong reaction when that had happened with Big Dom and all that stuff. That Eagles win was probably the most satisfying of the season for me, looking back at it now. Um, and it's just hilarious. You know, you, you find these things out after the fact. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Because the Eagles did not win the division and the Cowboys did, that means they don't play each other. Right? The Niners, you're saying. Yeah, the Niners would have played the Eagles if they won the division. And that would have been a big thing. Because whether it's the 49ers, like – if it ended up being a home game, do the 49ers bar Big Dom from entering the facility? Because they could do that <laughs> if they really wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that would have been awesome. I would have Honestly, loved if it. I was the 49ers, I would. You got into an altercation with one of our players on the sideline of a game. You don't get to be on our sideline. Yeah, I don't know how that works. If they can actually do that, I have no idea. They can um, but yeah, the Niners, uh, Bears, Lions, Jets, Patriots, Chiefs, Cowboys are the home games for the Niners next season. So there you go. Uh, that Cowboys game is going to be lit too again. But uh, anyway, all right, let's get to the main thing I want to talk about today, Levin. And that is, can the 49ers make another big splash? You know, we were sitting here at this year last time saying, well, you know, the Niners roster is kind of set. They're maybe going to add a piece here and there. And then boom. Javon Hargrave signed it. We were like, holy hell, I can't believe they did this. How did they do this? This is completely unbelievable. Do you think that Shanahan and Lynch are willing to make that kind of a splash again? I don't know if they are willing, but their hands might get tied because it might become a no-brainer because somebody takes a huge pay cut. I If Joey Bosa gets released, as is being reported, is a strong possibility, I think there's a better chance than not he ends up on the 49ers. And Nick Bosa actually commented on it, saying he knows Joey doesn't have any money issues or something along those lines, meaning, yeah, Joey will take a pay cut. And both Bosa's have already talked about how, yes, they want to play with each other at some point in their careers. So this is the Joey Bosa has to be at this point incredibly frustrated that he hasn't been on a winner. So why not go sign for you know eight to ten million or maybe even like 13, 14 million the Niners could do over like a one or two year contract, play with your brother and be on a Super Bowl contender. And if he could actually stay healthy, having both of them, yeah, that, that defense isn't getting stopped no matter how much you you hold well the problem is joey bosa can't stay healthy but yeah. if he did become available i do think the 49ers would at least look into it for that reason um well he, you would he, have to know like nick will know whether or not you truly tried you know this isn't a case where you could tell the player oh yeah we're trying oh he just wanted too much money or it just didn't work out he wasn't really interested no nick's gonna know exactly how the niners are negotiating and exactly what they've said to joey true uh, shout out to Wetbridge on Twitch and everybody watching on Twitch. Hitting the Twitch gang now. Stats and Levin, what up? We love the Twitch fam. We appreciate it. Um, here's the deal. You know, as much as we like to hem and haw about the 49ers cap space, and they they certainly need as much money as they could get. But if you restructure Trent Williams and you restructure Eric Armstead and Fred Warner, I mean, Trent Williams alone could save you $14 million a year. You get about $12 million with Armstead. And you get about $30 million over the next three years if you restructure Fred Warner. Not to mention Kyle Juszczyk, which, by the way, I've already said my piece on that. I think he should be cut unless he wants to play for a million bucks. But they're probably not going to do that because he's coach's buddy. So they'll probably restructure him. But that's going to save you probably 4 or $5 million. 
the Niners are rolling over some cap room as well. So if they want to make a splash, Levin, I think they can do it. It would take some legwork, but this that's never stopped them before. Here's the thing about those renegotiations. The way in which they do that and they save, the details are they take your salary and turn it into a bonus, mm -hmm. which then allows it to be spread out all the remaining years of the contract. And the Niners are one of the teams that are do this all the time. They, they, there's literally like seven or eight players on the roster that have at least one void year. And what the void year is, is a fake extra year that helps you divide that cap hit that you just turned into a signing bonus over an extra year. The benefit of that is your first year is cheaper. The downside of that is when the player becomes a free agent and leaves, that void year still has a dead cap hit that is that prorated signing bonus. They've done it so much with certain players. I don't see how they can do it again. Eric Armstead right now has three void years on his contract already, and I'm looking here to get the number right. He has, when he is a free agent, a dead cap hit of $15.5 already. <laughs> they can't shift more into that. Like, they're well, running up against the wall. Yes, the cap can be manipulated. But the Niners have been doing it for four years at this point. So they're at the point where the players that they've been able to manipulate, you're pushing the point where you can't really keep doing it. That's the point I was making on Debo Samuel. Yes, if you trade him, he has a near $23 million dead cap hit, right? So you only save a couple million. But if you don't trade him and you let him play out the last two years of his contract, he's still going to have more than a $15 million dead cap hit. So the dead cap hit for trading now versus keeping him through the remainder of his contract is an $8 million difference. Yeah, you don't want the huge dead cap hit for a player that's still a good player, but at the same time, it does save you money and it saves you an insane amount of money the following year because now he's fully off your books already. It comes down to how much you want to hold your nose, basically. How much do you want to just hold your nose and swallow and push that can down the road? You do eventually have to pay it. Uh, there are reports that the salary cap could be about $250 million this year, which obviously that's a good thing for the 49ers, the bigger the cap 1%. hit. What's that? Give me 1% of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if the Niners want to do it, they can do it. Again, there are consequences, right. yes, but they can do it. And and as much criticism as we sometimes give Lynch and Shanahan, Levin, nobody can deny that when they see something they want, they go get it. Look yeah. at some of the big moves that they have made. And this isn't even all of them, by the way. 2017, trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you're watching the stream, you can see this. 2020, they trade for Trent Williams right after Joe Staley retires. And then in the same draft, they trade back up in the first round to get Brandon Ayuk. They traded three picks to the Vikings to get Brandon Ayuk in the first round. The Trey Lance trade we've talked about forever, but that was three firsts plus. Christian McCaffrey, they traded four picks for him, a second, third, and fourth, and then a fifth the following season. And then, of course, the Javon Hargrave signing last year. This front office is not afraid to make a big move. So if there is something out there, they're going to do it. They'll find a way. I wouldn't be surprised if instead of restructures, we see some extensions. Some players that aren't actually free agents for another couple of years, they tack on an extra year or two. And it's not so much a restructure as an extension so that they can push that can down the road. Because like the bigger point, of yes, they can absorb like a, a big dead cap hit of a void year for one or two players. The problem is, is as it sits right now, like 2026, 2027, they have those void years where they're going to have like 25, 30 million dollars worth of dead cap hits <laughs> from these players that they've been kicking down the road because they all have contracts ending around the same time. And they've been doing that and having those contracts end at that point because that's when they anticipated having to pay the quarterback. In that case, it was Trey Lance, but in this case, it's going to be Brock Purdy. And that, that's why like you can't do it a whole lot without adding on actual true years to their contract where they will stay on the team so that you can move those void years down one extra year because they already have like two or three of those hitting every single offseason 
over the next couple of years. If I told you that you'd have to sacrifice 2026, 2027 to get back to the Super Bowl next year, not even win it, just get back. Would you do it? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just making this clear. You mean to get back and maybe you win. Yes. Um, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you're going to sign Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy at that point. So you're talking about next year and then the next two years after that. That means he's going to be at the end of all that where you could start contending again, entering his age 28 season. You still have prime years of a very good quarterback there. And you will have the ability then to have done your reset and have all kinds of cap space, even though you're paying quarterback big money at that point. I'm not totally convinced that they should pay Brock Purdy yet. I could be convinced, but I'm not there yet. And part of the reason is, did you see the Dak Prescott news? That Dak is supposedly going to reset the quarterback market upwards of $60 million a year. $60 million a year is an incredible amount of money. And that's no shade. Like this isn't meant to knock Dak. It's like, this is the market rate. That's, that's just how the, how it works. The next guy up gets the most money. That's just the way the system works. 60 million is a lot. I don't know. I don't know that I would pay anyone other than Patrick Mahomes, $60 million a year, to be honest with you. So if you're telling me that's what it's going to cost to re-sign Brock a couple years from now, when the time comes, I don't know if I'm there yet. I'm not going to lie. Here's the thing. They're going to be stuck between a Brock and a hard place. Oh, God. You <laughs> thought of that like five <laughs> seconds into when I was talking. If you, you, wa- if you watch the stream, you'll probably be able to tell the moment I thought of it because <laughs> a smirk came on my face. But no, they, they were. They'll be in the position of, do you have a crazy great goat that you want to destroy your ability to have a massively great supporting cast like they currently have for you don't want to, but you have to, because the alternative is you go into the nasty, terrible waters full of crocodiles and sharks and everything of trying to find a quarterback on the cheap. That's elite. So unless like a scenario happens to pop up where you're in an off season where you're trying to negotiate with Brock Purdy, who's about to be a free agent And oh, by the way, somebody like Justin Herbert or somebody calls you up and says, hey, I'm going to be a free agent. I want to sign with you. Like, that's about the only way you don't do that. And that's just not going to happen. You're going to have to pay Brock. You're going to have to get over it. I'm hoping Brock will not be the type like Dak is, where Dak is, he's sort of going the Kirk Cousins route of, I'm going to do short-term deals and then constantly renegotiate before they're over to constantly reset the market. This will be the third time, I think, the Dak has reset the market in like five years. I'm hoping Brock takes the Tom Brady route, which, by the way, if you don't know, everybody gave Tom Brady like a ton of credit for taking team discounts and not like maximizing the amount of money he couldn't gotten paid. There's some truth to that, but Tom Brady was doing it a sneaky way. He was getting paid in other ways. (laughs) Yeah, no, the way he was doing it was he kept, re like kept redoing his deal to get extra years added on and a new signing bonus. So his actual like yearly cash being paid to him was right up there with anybody else. It was just the cap hits were smaller because he kept adding on years to his contract and he was able to spread that signing bonus out. Edgardo says Rob acts like the cap staying the same. It increases every year. I know Edgardo. I just said it's going up to $250 million this year. Does the cap go up commensurate with the rate that the quarterback market rate goes up? No, no, it doesn't. So that's where my worry is. Again, and it's not a knock on Brock. It's just, damn, $60 million for any player is a scary number to me. It is, especially when I got to check the weather report before the game. Like, that's still a thing with Brock. So I'm just saying I'm not there yet. I'm not saying I can't be convinced. I'm just saying $60 million, if that's the number, let's let this thing play out. They obviously can't touch anything with Brock's contract next year. They can't touch it. Well, they can touch it after next year if they want, but they don't have to. They could let that play out. They could franchise him, and they could franchise him again. So if they really wanted to play the long game, they don't have to actually do anything with Brock's contract for a while. I don't know if they're going to actually play that game, but that's an option on the table. They could franchise him twice and have him for four years. 
from now. Four more seasons. So that is a thing. And by the way, Brock should wait. He should do exactly what Kirk Cousins did. He should not hold out. He should let it play out. And then when he hits the open market, he would get a massive deal like Kirk Cousins has done. That is the way that all quarterbacks should do it. They all usually don't, but that's what they should do if they want to maximize their money. Um, I, I disagree in this scenario for Brock. Once you've had a big contract, go for it. Yeah. Before that's that, fair. you're risking having generational wealth because you're one injury away. And with Brock already having the elbow thing, if his elbow goes again, maybe they can't regain the strength. And now he's a shell of himself and he never got the big contract. If I'm Brock, I take the big contract as soon as possible. And then after that, yeah, I might do one, two year deals to try to maximize it. And if something happens, oh, well, I, don't know. I mean, who name a quarterback recently that's had that injury that hasn't gotten the money. I mean, Brock, uh, Dak got hurt and got the money still like the career right. ending injury is is incredibly rare. Yes, it's rare, but it does happen. It I'm using baseball obviously, but there are pitchers out there that had it and then had it happen again after only returning for a year. If I'm Brock, I'm not risking that when you already are on the lower end of arm strength. I'm getting my first big contract and then I'll play the game of short-term deals. Again, I know we're we're looking down the road here. And as Brisby Life on Twitch points out, remember, we're talking about a guy leaving year two. Whatever we think of Brock, it's exciting that we're even contemplating this. That's true. I was going to say, I want to look down the road. I don't want to look behind me. <laughs> no, well, that's true. Yeah, rather look ahead than, than behind. Uh, it is nice to go into an offseason with no quarterback controversy whatsoever. Oh, like, there will be because they're signing somebody as a backup. And, you know, Niner fans no, care. I, don't. I mean, some host brought up the backup quarterback all last off season. I don't know who that was. That was a little different. We didn't have a guy set the franchise passing yardage record. If you recall, um, the only way that to me, the backup quarterback thing would even become a, a thing at all was if they signed Jimmy Garoppolo after he got caught, <laughs> that would be it. And uh, that's not that happening. happening. No. Uh, yeah. I don't know who they're going to get as a backup. Uh, I, I would personally prefer them to, I mean, Brock acts like a vet as it is. So you don't need some vet to come in here and help him out. Right. To me, it's draft a guy, draft somebody in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. That's where I'm at with it. I I don't know. It's an interesting question. Like what kind of person do you want to be a backup quarterback? I almost think not you a want Jimmy Garoppolo. I can tell you no, that. Definitely not. You want a guy that's like a little mobile to you want a guy that plays the game similarly to Brock. And I would prefer a veteran guy because you want him to be able to advise Brock, but you also want him to be able to understand like this is a weird example. But like if you have Michael Vick at quarterback, you can't have like Kirk Cousins backing him up. Michael Vick can do so many things on the field that Kirk Cousins could never even think of doing. That I don't know necessarily that he's served by having Kirk Cousins as the backup. I think you need a backup that can play the game the same way so that they can see the game the same way. And that's how I think you can like maximize that veteran advice. I don't know. That's just my thinking. I think that's true when you have a scrambling quarterback. That's not necessarily true when you have a pocket passer. So whether you're a scrambler or not, you have to be able to be a pocket passer. You have to be able to read a defense no matter right. what. So I, I don't think that necessarily applies in Brock's case. 187 says Rob loves to screw the players. I have no idea what you're talking about, 187. I'm pro player. I've always been players should get as much money as possible. I'm not always my team should pay every player as much money as possible. Those are two different things. So let me just. I, I'm just distracted by the comments right now. I am so sorry I brought up the backup quarterback because that made me see people <laughs> suggesting Carson Wentz and Tannehill. That's just not something I want to see. But Carson Wentz has the same problem that Sam Darnold has. So uh, I wouldn't want that. Although at least if they sign Carson Wentz, he wouldn't be able to beat us. Guy Carson, Carson Wentz has a bigger problem because Sam Darnold from all reports this year was at least like a stand-up guy. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't causing drama. Carson Wentz is not like the amount of teammates that have bad mouthed Carson Wentz, former teammates. Yeah. is pretty long. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So John Hines says, Rob, why haven't you put up your pretty Mr. Relevant 12 by 18 uh, piece up in your background? You mean this one, John, that I currently have in my hand right here? I, I don't have any room for it. Honest to God, I tried to well, find make room, you jerk. I can't. It's too big. It doesn't fit with the shelves. I got to figure out where to put it, but I have it. It's right here in my studio. I love it. Thank you very much for sending it to me. I know your lovely wife painted it. It's fantastic. Um, I, I have to find a way to put it up. That's the honest truth. Do us all a favor and just have you sit off camera, put the picture <laughs> no, in, in the, the chair. chair. <laughs> I'll just shout into the microphone. The 49ers made a signing. <laughs> yeah, that would be so much better. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, taking this full circle back to where we started, I think the 49ers can make a splash this offseason. I don't even know what I would want that to be necessarily. Yeah, but... I, I don't know what position I would want it to be. I, I would want it to be offensive line, frankly, but I don't think that necessarily free agency is the best way to go or offensive line. I think they would have to trade up for a higher draft pick and then maybe, you know, you can really go big on the offensive line. Everyone likes to say like, oh, you don't need to have a, a bunch of good players on the offensive line in the system. But if you could get it, shouldn't you do it? Like <laughs> That's my philosophy. If you can add good players, add them, especially if they're rookies. It's pretty rare a really good offensive lineman is allowed to hit free agency. Right. If they're good, the team makes sure they're paid. Mm -hmm. If they're not good, they let other teams pay them. And we just got a recent example of that with Mike McGlinchey. People thought, oh, he's not bad. He's just, he's not great in pass protection, but boy, is he great in run, run uh, blocking. blocking. And no, uh, he's just not good. I agree. Uh, not the 49ers have been good at that recognizing like, yes, this player is good, but are they good enough to earn a market rate contract? No. And they were smart to do that. And you know, your feeling on Colton McKivitz shouldn't change your feeling on what they did with McGlinchey. Like those are two separate issues. Is Mike McGlinchey good enough to earn a market rate contract? No. Okay. You move on from him. That's the right decision. Now replacing them with Colton McKivitz with no rookies drafted and no real competition is a whole separate thing um but yeah the Niners have been pretty good at that Modelo time 1999 on Twitch says cut uh Kyle Juszczyk and Isaiah Oliver that's a nice chunk of change right there Isaiah Oliver has no chance to be on this team next no. year <laughs> no chance I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the NFL honestly it went that badly it was yeah and it went badly fast like before the year even began Kyle Shanahan said he's not a guaranteed starter. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that didn't take long. Andre, oh, sorry, I was going for a comment. I'm trying to get in here. Can I have a turn, please, to give my wife some attention? Go ahead. My wife says, "Bring Jim Harbaugh back. He was my favorite part of football." Only half kidding. She knows he's a head coach in the NFL. Uh, I, I'm just putting that up there because that just shows you how many Charger games I'm going to have to watch when they're not on at the same time as the Niners this next season. You'll see some good Harbaugh sideline uh, freakouts, I'm sure. I, I do look forward to seeing those again. Um, do the Niners play the Chargers next year? No. They don't Ooh. actually play, I think, for three years. I think we played the AFC West last year. Last year, yeah, they did. Oh, man. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, I do look forward to seeing Jim back. But I want to get this comment from Andre in. YouTube channel member, bring back Aziz Al Shire. Like, yes, please. 
please. I think he wants to come back. Remember, he was in the huddle before the playoff game. Like, absolutely, especially with Greenlaw going to miss, you know, arguably all of this season. Yes, please, Aziz Alshire, and keep adding to the linebacking core after that. Yeah, we'll see because Quan Alexander was also an extremely popular player. He interacted with Niner players in social media mm-hmm. while he was a free agent after he uh, finished with the Saints, and yet he was never brought back. So we'll see. I hope they do. You got to at least look into it. Like clearly he still has an attachment to this team and they have a need. So that's generally a good combination. Um, there was one more that I wanted to, Oh, this one hind or I think it's hind. I'm going with hind says Levin. What do you think of the Cabo click? Hmm. Um, well, I'm going to reserve my full unbridled thoughts because it might get me in trouble, but uh, I think that hints, <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't like clicks in general. I think it is a negative thing. It is a elitist type attitude. And uh, I, I question the representation that is allowed there. And I'll put it that way. I don't like it. I've never liked it. He didn't ask you. He asked me. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think it's insane that that's even a thing. Like, I don't think it's good. I think it creates a schism. It creates a divide among the team. And I think the people that aren't part of that clique are always wondering why decisions are made and who's influencing those decisions. And I I don't like it at all. Do you have Ajita over it? I wasn't going to say that word on this show. So... (laughs) That's a that's a word I'd like to reserve for the playoffs, and I'm not going to say it here, jerk. Uh, I I think we all know who's leading that charge. By the way, the Cabo charge is Juice and Kittle, in my opinion. Which is why, like, that's another thing, right? If Juice didn't have the relationship with Kyle Shanahan that he has, and he's making that much money. There's no way he's coming back next year, but he's coach's buddy. And so they'll probably just restructure him. I actually went through the numbers. Levin. Do you know how many times Kyle Juszczyk actually touched the ball last year? Uh, I'll go with 36. No, it's lower than that. 23. 25. 25 times, including the playoffs. And he had two touchdowns and he was on the field for like 44% of the offensive snaps. So he was off the field more than he was on the field last year. There's no way they can bring him back at seven and a half million dollars. And there's no way I don't think they should bring him back at all. Cause I don't think he's going to want to play for like a million bucks. If he wants to play for a million bucks, great. Have at it, but he's probably not going to want to. And I don't blame him for that. I think, I think my bottom dollar would be like three and a half million. If, if you, if you come in, or I guess top dollar, not bottom dollar, three and a half million. I'll accept that. If you want more than that, good luck going and getting it. Right. I think nine teams used a fullback this past season. It's it's not worth it to me. And like everyone says, oh, he's so crucial. He does other things. You can't judge him on the stats. He doesn't do $7.5 million worth of other things. I'll tell you that much. If you take juice off the field, yeah, you might have to use a fullback in the running game with the type of running that they use. But you can find plenty of good blocking fullbacks. If you take him off the field in the passing aspect, oh no, you put another wide receiver on the field. <laughs> right. Like, they're going to be able to receive. Yes, you lose some trick aspects of leaking juice out and stuff, but that hasn't worked in a while now. Like it, it's more valuable. Like I would rather see when you have a really, really, really good processor like Brock is spread the defense out. And you started to see that last year. That's what he started to do. They, teams would put a sixth defensive lineman on the field, and the Niners would go empty for that exact reason, to counter that. Yeah, like I, I want to see more four or five wide receiver sets. I want to see that. I want to see a four wide receiver, one tight end set, where that tight end is George Kittle, and he's lined up in the slot or out <laughs> wide. Like You don't have to have him on the line. Right. I completely agree. I would like to see the end of George Kittle in the backfield for all time. Now, uh, I didn't, I mentioned this earlier in the show. Shame on me for not getting to it. Did you see Mike Silver's tweet today about the Niners defensive coordinator search? 
He writes, in NFL coaching circles, there's a belief that Kyle Shanahan is preparing to fill the Niners' vacant D.C. opening from within. That said, this has been one of the more secretive searches in recent memory, so until there's an announcement, feel free to dream those big dreams. I got to tell you, if they fill it from within, I I would question why then if Steve Wilkes was so disliked that they didn't just fire Steve Wilkes during the year last year, right? If you have someone else on this staff already that you're saying is competent enough to become the defensive coordinator this year, why didn't you just make that person the defensive coordinator last year and fired Steve Wilkes when you wanted to? See, I thought you were taking a different aspect to say, like, to also criticize. If you're saying somebody on this staff is capable of being a defensive coordinator, then what the hell changed in one year? Because that this is the same staff that was here last offseason when you felt the need to bring in Steve Wilkes. That too. None of these guys are like got only a year or two under their belt of being a coach. A lot of these guys are very long time defensive coaches who either haven't been a coordinator in a really long time or have never been a coordinator, with some of them flat saying i don't want to be a coordinator if i'm not mistaken kasarek doesn't really want yeah kasarek they've tried to make him a defensive coordinator in the past and he said no so either you're forcing somebody in a position they don't really want or you're promoting somebody that just one year ago you didn't think was qualified despite them having you know a decade or more coaching experience doesn't make sense i would agree with that right unless you're saying we screwed up Right. We, we should have done that. We got it wrong with Steve Wilkes. And no, I, I think what it is saying, if it happens, is the Kyle saying, all right, I'll coach everything. His arrogance is going to take over. But he's going to say, I can just have a guy there that sees things the same way, but I'll I'll have my hands in it at all times. Well, Hind agrees with you. He said, nobody wants to be Kyle's puppet. I saw, I was watching a little bit of Guy Haberman's live stream earlier today. And I have to admit, I completely agree with him. I don't think Kyle wants a puppet. I don't think Kyle wants to worry about the defense at all. I think Kyle wants to coach the offense and and make the game management decisions. I don't think he wants any part of the defense. I think he would prefer to say, you coach the defense, I'll handle the offense, and we'll kick everybody's ass. I think that's what he really would want. I think that's what he wanted. I think he doesn't see anybody out there that's available and willing to come. I think, you know, he would sign up for Bill Belichick in a heartbeat. Obviously, if Salah was available, I think he would bring him back. If D'Amico was available, he would bring him back. Well, yeah. If some of the coaches that I'm sure he respects that um, have been uh, defensive coordinators, either in stops where he was an assistant or under his father, Mike Shanahan, he would bring them in. If Dan Quinn was available, he would bring him in. But all of the guys that he would bring in are either retired or have head coaching jobs. Right. And so people saying too, like, oh, go get Bill Belichick. Like maybe Bill Belichick doesn't want to be like, it's not like Bill Belichick's out there saying, hire me, please. Like, it's not just a question of whether or not Kyle thinks of it. Bill has to also be willing to do it. That's, that's the other part of this. Man, I, I, I tweeted out when I when Silver said that, like, on the one hand, if you hire somebody from within, you, you there's not going to be this, like, outsider stigma that I felt like was there with Wilkes. There's not going to be this, like, oh, you're running our system. Like, no, it's within the family. So that's cool. But the other side of that is what we just talked about. Like, why didn't you do this already then if that was the case? So it's going to be interesting who they hire. I think it's interesting that we have not heard a single report of anyone that the 49ers are even interested in talking to, let alone hiring. That to me confirms it's an internal person. If if they interviewed anybody, it would have leaked. If they were having interviews with outside people, unless it's literally only one person and it's somebody that doesn't leak. Like if they had interviews of two or three people for that position, it would have leaked. At the very least, sorry, maybe names wouldn't have leaked, but it would have been leaked. They've done interviews with external candidates. Oh, I think names would have leaked. The 49ers leak. Like people say, oh, the Niners don't leak. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. Every team leaks. Just because John Lynch's name didn't leak when they were talking to him doesn't mean the 49ers never leak. It was like, no, they absolutely do. The damn owner talks to the national media all the time. Uh, I just think it's funny that like we haven't heard. Like Tim Kawakami tweeted tweeted out a couple days ago, right? Like, oh, they're, they're closing in on somebody. It's like, 
Has anybody on the 49ers beat even been trying to figure out who that might be? Or are they just sitting back waiting for the team to announce it? See, TK did not say they're, that they're closing in on something. He put out a complete bullshit post. <laughs> it pisses me off. It, it truly does. It's it one of like, a tr- you can call it a trigger for me. I don't care. He literally said, oh, I'm hearing that they have people they're interested in. And I think maybe the hire will be happening soon. You're not saying anything. <laughs> You're literally saying, hey, they have a defensive coordinator opening that they're going to do interviews for soon. Well, no, shit. they got to get somebody hired before the, the scouting combine because they're going to have say during the draft. They're going to want their input during the draft. Right. So, of course, it's going to happen soon that they're interviewing people. And then you say, maybe they hire soon. Well, no crap. It's probably going to be sometime in the next week because guess what? It's not the first time a team has had to hire a defensive coordinator. It's not the first time this 49ers regime has had to do it. It has always been announced sometime before the scouting combine, and that's only in, what, like a week, week and a half? And the only reason it's taken this long is because the Niners were in the Super Bowl. If they hadn't been in the Super Bowl, they would have had to hire already. It would have been done. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Niners beat writers love to there's two things they love to do. And one is to throw a report out like this. And then they could say that they were right. No matter what happens. Right. If a hire gets made right away, Kyle McCormick could say, look, see, I just like I said. And if it doesn't happen, he could say, well, I never I said it could happen. I never said it would happen. So it's one of the things they love to do. And the other thing the Niners beat loves to do is they like to deny something is happening when we can all see it's happening. And then later on, the 49ers admit that that thing happened. And then the 49ers beat likes to go back and act like they never well, denied it was happening. attention to this. Of and course. we all knew the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It, that, those are the specialties right there. Yeah. And I hate them all. <laughs> I don't hate all them the, all. All right. Sorry. Let me say this to be clear. I don't hate all the beat reporters, but I hate that aspect of the 49ers media. Yes, I, I do too. I think they do not work hard enough to get to the bottom of stuff. They do a ton of great work, a ton of great coverage. I've talked about things that Matt Barrows has had and done, written, and I've promoted a lot of their work. Even David Lombardi, who I don't particularly like, I've promoted his work when I think it's good. They do some good work, but this is one area where they they are unlike any other team's beat writers I've ever seen. They just they just sit back and wait for the news to come to them. I, I truly that type of stuff I find fascinating from like a um, psychological aspect. How did that atmosphere develop and become the norm to where everybody just kind of falls into it, right? Is it because they won five Super Bowls in 12 years? You couldn't really criticize anything? (laughs) No, because I think they did criticize, like the whole Joe Montana, Steve Young thing was going on there. So it developed sometime after that. So when did it develop and how did it develop to where like every news source is following along except for maybe one where they just go, we're not going to report anything until the team tells us. When the teams started to get their own media, because then they were like, we don't need you. Any message we want to get out there, we can get out there with our own people. So straighten up and fly right. You have it on other teams. Like I'm talking, I was more so talking about like being critical. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like how did you develop an entire group of media that come from all different kinds of sources that doesn't criticize them? I don't know. And it like Kawakami used to battle Tim Harbaugh. I loved Kawakami's coverage of Tim Harbaugh. Well, if TK doesn't like you, he's going to be a jerk to you. That's <laughs> Tim, how he is. Tim used to get into it over, with Harbaugh over some of the guys they had on the roster that had legal problems. And I loved it. And I've not seen that same kind of mentality since then. Since and he went to the athletic. Let's just I be think honest here. I, I wish that they would because there's a lot like, and, and look, Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. I've never said Kyle should be fired. I'm glad Kyle Shanahan is the coach, but there are things to be critical of and dive into the whole Brandon Ayuk doghouse thing. Like that was a real thing. That's the cream of the cream. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan was legitimately trying to sell you the Trent Sherfield might be a better player than Brandon. No, Ayuk. no, no, no. no. The 49ers beat reporters were trying to sell you that for <laughs> Kyle Sh- Shanahan. Like forever. They denied that he was in the doghouse. I, you himself said he was in the doghouse. Like, yeah. and then after and the then fact, John Lynch said something to confirm it. 
Yeah, and then they're like, oh well, yeah, we all know that Ayuk was in the doghouse, but it made it made him such a better player. Then that then they pushed that narrative also. So I guess we'll all just wait, just have Twitter, and just keep refreshing Twitter, and we'll find out who the 49ers... Who, who gets to break it? Is Mayoko going to break it, or no. is it going to be a national person? National, hundred percent national. I would That's bet. What I think all It'll the be money... Rappaport. I think Rappaport lately has been getting a lot of the Niners. Thanks. Yep. I think it's absolutely not going to be a local guy. I would, I would put a larger, if I could put that on DraftKings right now. Well, well Mayoko, if I'm not mistaken, he did break Wilkes being let go. Uh, well, no, Kyle broke that on the conference call. I was on that conference call. Oh, what's conference? What did he do this offseason? He just had one where he tweeted it out before anybody else. And then everybody picked it up from him. He had some big news. To, okay, I don't know. He, I'm remember. not denying it. I just don't remember it. Yeah. So we're going to wait. Do you think that they'll have a DC? I mean, the combine starts Tuesday. The 27th is the first day of the combine. Do you think we'll have a DC by then? Yeah, probably uh Friday night at about yeah. 10 p.m. Garbage dump, the Friday yep. night garbage dump. For anyone... He's going to be an internal person that everybody's going to be like, why? Mm, you know what? That's pretty smart. Every once in a while, you come out with like a nugget of wisdom. It's very rare. You get like one or two a year. This is 2024's right now. For anyone that doesn't know, the Friday garbage dump is when businesses or government or really any anybody making any sort of public announcement, they take out the trash. They put in an announcement they know is not going to go over well with people Friday late in the day because people are starting their weekends. They got other things going on. They're not as focused on it. And so it doesn't get the same amount of reaction it would get if it came out on like a Monday or a Tuesday or some other day of the week. I think you nailed it, Levin. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, your definition of every once in a while is apparently different than mine. Yeah, Mine's like, a little more frequent than what you apparently call that. It's probably like a leap year, basically. That's, that's when you're... It is a leap year, actually. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. See, that's what I mean. So four <laughs> years from now, you'll have another. Oh, yeah. So that, that means it's like the first smart thing I've ever said. <laughs> We've been doing this for about... Four years now. Jeez. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sheldon Salazar says, I'm working hard to get to the bottom of what happened in the fourth quarter of the upset bowl. Second and eight that turned into first down. People like, oh, that's not a thing. Have you seen this like conspiracy theory? That it was like first down and then Mahomes scrambled for two yards and it turned into a first down. That's not what happened. It's not what happened. Just stop I mean, with the whole conspiracy theory thing. And you're, I'm talking to you too, Evan, because you bought into it a little bit too. Oh, I absolutely think that there is some aspect to that. I'm not saying the NFL said, make sure the Chiefs win. They said, hey, don't call holding. And they did that because they preferred. Mahomes, the face of the league, to get another title. So they can say, ooh, they have this great GOAT debate coming now. Yeah, I don't think – they don't need that. It's not like the, they're going to get more – They don't need to do jack shit, but you still have Goodell there pulling strings on all kinds of things. Not the outcomes. he's a control freak who can't take criticism from anything. Not the outcomes of games, I don't think. Did you see that they just uh... – Sold Amazon just paid 150 million dollars for the for the rights to a playoff game. 150 million dollars for one game. They weren't going to get 130 million if Patrick Mahomes lost the Super Bowl. Hey NFL, 
or not NFL. I was going to say, we, we got an audience here, right? Give, give us 1% of that. Just 1% and we'll cast on you, on your stuff, Amazon. <laughs> I think it's only a matter of time before every NFL playoff game for sure is pay-per-view and probably every NFL game period is pay-per-view. Uh, well, it pretty much has been for me for seven or eight years now because I pay so that I can watch the 49er games. Right. Yeah. You I have a the... Sunday ticket. That's uh, a, a different way of saying pay-per-view. But your playoff games are free. Yeah. Except for the one that was on Peacock. I don't think but... they'll ever take away the playoff games. Oh, I do. They're already starting. They already started with the Peacock game. That's not taking it away. That is a very popular streaming service that, oh, by the way, had a deal going on where you could get an entire year's subscription for like 20 bucks. Right, time. but if you didn't pay, you couldn't watch that playoff but game. It's not the same thing because you're getting a lot of other things than that one single event. Can I watch it without paying? No. That's pay-per-view. That's the definition of pay-per-view. Just because they also throw in a whole bunch of other stuff. Don't be fooled, Levin. Rob, what games have you paid or have you watched that you weren't supposed to pay in some way to have watched? And I'm saying supposed for a reason. What games have I watched that I Could you watch Niner games if you didn't pay? Yes, you can watch. There are illegal streams you can watch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You find other alternatives, but in reality, what you were supposed to do is pay to watch it. When you when they broadcast the games, you're supposed to pay for cable. It's just a different version of cable. It's streaming. It's still cable. It's the same thing. It's the same content that was in cable. It just went the streaming method. Well, yeah, now it is. It's ridiculous. If you That's what I'm saying. So you didn't the... consider cable pay-per-view. So Peacock is not pay-per-view. It used to be, but... You're you're forgetting the fact that the playoff games used to be on over the air TV. You didn't have to buy any package ever to get the playoff games. And now you have to pay. Well, at least for that one game. Uh, Taylor, uh, Tyler, a wise guy, says, my guess, the Niners next defensive coordinator will be Nick Sorensen in-house or Chris Kiffin. I think Kyle knows how important Ayuk is. Plus, Kyle won't trust the rookie. Okay, that's two different things there. Um, I do think that Kyle doesn't trust rookies. I read a quote from him recently that basically rookie wide receivers do at least one thing a day that ticks him off. Uh, so that's not encouraging for any rookie wide receiver for the 49ers. Um, that Nick Sorensen thing, like if it is an in-house guy, I don't know if they're going to be good or bad, but my reaction will be, then you should have done this a year ago. Like you said. Yeah, that was another smart thing I said, huh? Well, I mean, I said a smart thing first about them taking over when Wilkes was fired and then you just kind of piggybacked off my first smart thing. So I, I, you know, I took really your happen. like crappy formed clay and I turned it into an actual sculpture is what you're saying. Yeah. Sculpture, please. <laughs> As usual, you are climbing over my shoulders to make your points. Unbelievable. Well, I, that's not usual because a couple of weeks ago I wasn't climbing over your shoulders. I was holding on to your coat. Oh, that's true. And my cell phone to film all the interviews. <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in. We appreciate it. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast. Keep those podcast reviews coming on Apple Pods. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that's helped and, and left a rating and a review. It is massively, massively helpful. I keep saying it. We're not going anywhere throughout the offseason. We'll be here. Combine starts next week. We'll have boots on the ground at the Combine in Indianapolis. Jason Aponte will be in Indy covering the Combine for you. And we can all get on board now. We can go full Combine coverage because the Niners have 11 draft picks, including a first-round pick. So there's plenty more coming up. Obviously, free agency in a couple of weeks in March. We will be here for all of it. So if you just gave us a try for the playoff run, stick around. I promise you we will earn your time. We will be here when Sam Darnold gets a new contract with the 49ers. It's a non-zero possibility of that I know. happening. I'm aware. That's that's <laughs> a legit thing. He, he became the backup, and he did what the backup was supposed to be. Unnoticed. Right, the person that never, ever has to play, although he did play that last game. 
that yeah, was a, did tough... a wonderful job too <laughs> really hard to hold on to the ball while moving your feet yeah it's tough to run and carry a football at the same time just ask christian mccaffrey oh too soon yeah that's not fun all right enjoy the rest of your th- uh wednesday excuse Wait, me in the show on a jerk comment sort of our thing have a good one everybody Ha, ha, ha.